And that statement, that belief of his, that becoming known, that he is the accuser of the brethren, that he sleeps with, that he is that thief, that he is Satan himself. And it uses the term devil in the plural, which refers to Jesus. And we're talking about the third of the angels that fell from heaven on the cross. We see the star that has fallen. And that's what I want you to notice is he was given a key, he's given access to what I might call a department of hell. Now, I'll get into that in just a little bit about the different departments and to talk about the different departments of hell. But right now, let's look at the bottom of the hill. Now, it says that he's given a key to the bottom of the hill. Let's continue. And he's opened the bottom of the hill. Let's stop right there for a minute. This is the Greek word that we get as we look at that. When we get the word in our English language, the abyss. The abyss. In fact, it is the pit of the abyss. Have you ever heard of an abyss? That is the Greek word. We talk about a bottomless pit. We think of it as a prison. It's been locked. It's been closed shut for quite some time, as we'll see here in a little bit. So think of, of it as a pit that has been dug. And what I would bring out to someone is that it's shaped like a donut. A hollow on the inside, but walls around. That's a bottomless pit. And it's never ending, always continually falling, but walls around it. And it will be shut on the lid with a bottomless pit. Now, what he says here is when he talks about Satan in Isaiah 14, again, I make that reference. It says there in the Word of God, in verse 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Or it's referring to Satan, the sides of the pit. The next thing he knows that he mentions here is that he's opened the bottomless pit or this department of hell or this bottomless abyss or bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit. Now you need to notice that. I think sometimes we forget, not because we want to, but because we're human, we forget about literal fire in hell. Literal fire. Not figurative fire. Not, but, li- but literal flames, literal burning, li- literal torture, and literal burning and suffering and agony in hell. So when he opened that lid, up from it arose a billowing smoke trapped with smoke and ash that was released into the sky and into the atmosphere that came as a result of the opening of the pit. Now, I don't know what, but where there's smoke, there's what, Jerry? There's fire. So as he opens the lid, you can imagine, I can see it in my mind's eye, and we use our imagination as he's opening the pit, releasing the lid, that that trapped ash, that trapped billowing thick smoke is released and billows out like a raging fire we've never seen before and is released into the atmosphere, polluting the air and darkening the sun. But notice what he says. Where a smoke goes out of the pit as the smoke of a great, and it's significant, great furnace. Let's stop right there. Now the word there for furnace refers to an old word that was talking about a melting furnace. Now what is the what is a furnace? Okay, today we have we have different kind of air conditioning and heating systems. But 
about being familiar with so much about old furniture, some of those old furniture things that are screwed in and so forth. And it was distinguished not being This is really the furniture. And furniture is an enclosed structure that was in it, which is to manufacture a very hot fire. See, a furnace can be used in that. And it was metal, that was glass. What is the whole purpose of a furnace? The whole purpose of a furnace is to increase heat. Increase heat. That reminds me of what the Lord Jesus said again during His earthly ministry when He was referring to those and talking about raising the dead. He says in Matthew 13, and He says it again in two verses. He repeats it twice. Verse 42 and in verse 50, He says these words, And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not grinding of teeth, gnashing of teeth. Those in agony, those in pain, those in misery in hell. That's the same word as furnace. Now notice what happens after he opens that, that furnace, that entrapment, that bottomless pit with its closed doors. And suddenly the air, verse 3, was darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now in verse 3. And there came out, now there's something that's going to be released, released from the bottom of the pit. I'm saying this is probably the most intense, the most painful of all of the judgments throughout Revelation. We see it talked about that. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto him was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any tree should any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which are upon the seal of God in the forehead. Let's stop right there. He talks about locusts. Now these are not literal locusts, although they would remind us of the eight plagues of Egypt in Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. What do locusts do? We remember years ago, even when I was a young person, I remember certain seasons, I can't remember about what season it was, you remember we would have locusts that would come to the area and they would devour the leaves and they used to like to grab the leaves. Excuse me for some things that I'm saying right now. You know how the rustling trees would kill them off and eat the poor leaves and grab them. But they would just come in and ravage them. We'd see grimly and so forth. So sometimes in the book of Revelation, it would make sense since there are other sins they can become nonsense. We take it literally. Well, right here we know that it was intended that he, John, in the best way he could in the first century as he is as he is trying to describe this, he uses locusts. Now, really what these locusts are is demons. They're demons. Or they're fallen angels. They're demons that are basically being unleashed upon the earth. Now, let's understand something about these demons. Let's make a difference between them. Let's, let's, let's notice and realize something about these demons come in two ways. There are those demons that are free demons, that are free-roaming demons. We're going to talk about those. But, and then there are bound demons. Okay? We have demons. We provide in two groups. We have free demons, free to run course, and then we have bound demons. Let's talk about those free demons at first. And they accused the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. And he said, but when the Pharisees heard it, 
nature of this celebrant contrasts that beverage brought by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. In Ephesians chapter 6, the verse number 12, where he is given a different or rank when it comes to demons, fallen angels, uh, Satan used mercenaries, if you will. He talks about principalities, which would be ranks. He talks about powers. He talks about rulers of the darkness of this world. And he talks about spiritual wickedness in high places. There are those that right now, there is an unseen spiritual world that if God was to open up our eyes to which we can see it, then we could bring some certain glasses and certain lenses over the eyes to see the spirit world that's out there. But if I was looking out there, I would see demons. I would see people battling. I would see people being oppressed. So there's an unseen spiritual world that a lot of times we forget about. And where they dwell, they dwell, the Bible says, in the heavenlies, which is referring to the first and second heaven. Right? There's three heavens. God abides in the third heaven. That's what, that's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, I call away to the third heaven. That's where God abides. The first heaven would be if we were to walk out, maybe not so much in the daytime, but the sun would blink our eyes. But if you look up tonight, you see clouds, you see stars, and maybe you might say, I see a comet or falling star, whatever. It is more than the first heaven. The atmosphere is very different. The third, uh, or the second heaven would be where the planets are, where they abide, the moons, the stars, the planets, if you will, where they are. That is the second heaven. You say, way beyond that, I'm not sure how far it is, but that's where God is. That's where He wants to go. It's heaven, the third heaven. So they abound, they, they dwell in the heavenly. So that's those three demons that are free to roam. They are demons sent into death. You, if you are lost, if you're not saved, you, there, is, there, is, there is a possibility that a person could be possessed by demons. You say, you believe that? Absolutely. There were people in Jesus' time that were possessed by demons. There were de- there's demon possession. In the first coming of Christ, and by the way, there'll be a lot of demon possession in the second coming of Christ also. But I hear a preacher here this morning who will say that you can never be possessed by demons. You cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed by a demon or a devil. Right? Uh, these uh, are free ranging, roaming demons and devils across the world today. And let's talk about the second part. Second part would not be true demons, but bound demons. These are the demons that have been released from the bottomless pit. They are bound. The term just bound itself for good reason, too. These are described as some people are viewed as apparently guilty of taking morbid pictures. They wander around attempt to roam the heavens with the leader, but they are confined to Tartarus. Let's talk about that a little bit. That is a Greek word describing a department of hell. Now follow me here. There are different words to describe hell. If you were to take the Hebrew, the Old Testament, that word is the word Sheol. And they use the word hell. That Hebrew for Sheol refers to the departed uh, dead that might come to Christ or their bodies. Then there is the abominable pit. Is the Greek word abyss, and that is pronounced abyss. 
there is the agenda here, which is the battle here, is finality, which would be the agenda here, which would be for the lake of fire. Okay? In, in John, it says later in the book of the Revelation, the judgment here is passed into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So that's the eternity. And then there is Hades. Hades is the abode of the souls of the wicked dead. That's hell. So the Bible says the rich man who died and in hell is Hades, and that's where he died. He was in torment. So there's a certain departure called uh, Tartarus where these uh, these bound demons are being released from. They are the prison of the fallen angels. Evidently, they've done something. Two versions that allude to this. Number one, 2 Peter 2 4 says, For God spoke not with angels of men, but cast them down to hell. That's Tartarus. The deep is put in hell. And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Jude, verse number 6, says, The angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved. And listen to what it says, A reserved in everlasting chains of darkness, who, everlasting chains of darkness, to be reserved uh, under darkness, unto the judgment of that great day. These are the ones that will be released. Look how terrible is that, are those bound beasts, how diabolic, how devilish, how perverted, how wicked and vile, and, and all those words that people think to describe them. How awful are these bound beasts. Let me give you something to think about. We're going to take what the three ranging devils and demons think about those who are bound. You remember in Mark, that in Mark's Gospel, also in Luke's Gospel, excuse me, in Luke chapter 8, do you remember the maniac of Gadara? Do you remember him? He was, he was uh, unclothed. He was cutting himself with stones. Uh, he would break forth feathers and chains and so forth. And nobody could do anything with him. And everybody was, in a certain way, they, they had this guy who was looking into the mountains and, and just caused all kinds of problems. He was a wild man. He was a crazy man. In fact, he was a demon-possessed man. Demon-possessed. Had tremendous strength to break. They would try to chain the bound and he'd break the fetters and the chains. And the Lord Jesus came. And you remember that he cast out the demons, plural, the demons out of the gate, a maniac of Gadara. And remember, Jesus asked him, not because he didn't know his name, but he says, what is thy name? And he says, Legion, because we are many. This is a man that was possessed with many demons. When Mary Magdalene is wearing whom the Lord Jesus cast into hell, seven demons, you remember that? So here you have the man after the bear and says, We are legion. There is a legion of demons and devils that occupied and possessed the maniac of the bear. And remember that the devils were afraid because they knew who Jesus was. Now you got college professors and seminary professors and God haters that don't know who Jesus is, but there's a group of people and an individual that know who Jesus is. That's the devil and his reigns. They know who he is. The devil says that they, they, they know there's a God. And they tremble, it says. And what they said was, they besought him, talking about the Lord Jesus, now this is him, that he would not command them to go out into the Jews. 
church of Jesus Christ and you've been baptized, what we're going to give up in your life is that you have enough to get you off the ground in the trumpet sound. Is it enough to help you avoid the tribulation period? I, I'm concerned about some that I've never seen in any different church that they think they're going to love. That church ought to be Now, you say, you don't get offended. Why don't you get offended at me for not going to church? You say, well, I'm offended. That church ought to be Jesus Christ and you ought to be Christian. He's either a stone of stumbling or you can stand upon a secure foundation. You can stand upon it. That's just going to go two ways tonight. He'll either be the one you trip over and you won't trip right over in the head, but he'll be the one you say he's the one. He's the, the one that the, the mark, the rock that has been set aside. He's the corner, he's going to stone, he's the foundation. You stand upon the solid rock. Now, what's he going to give them here? It says in verse 5, and the devil is driven that they should not kill them. That's the part of their attack, that killing. So that they should be what? Tormented. Torment was, was as a torment of a scorpion when he strikes it down. And in those days shall men look and seek death and cannot find it. They shall desire to die. But death shall flee from them. Stuff like that. Then given the assignment that do not kill. Now you've got to realize at this point you've lost billions of people upon the earth. And what we've been reduced to is a God hater. Those people that will not, will not accept it. They're, they're so Believe the lie of the devil, they just will not. It doesn't matter what you do, what you say, they're just not going to accept it. But he says, Don't kill them. And the word kill there means to kill in any way whatsoever. Don't try to kill them in any way, but torment them, apply torture, which means to vex, with grievous pain. And to do that for five whole months.
over the inheritance of my kingmakers, and they might choose over them which is the angel of the prophet Peter, whose name in the Hebrew text is